You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. I will see God is the title of this devotion. And that is a statement that comes here from Job chapter 19. For me, Job is one of the most amazing examples like Joseph and so many others, but all in their own unique way of Jesus. I see Jesus in his suffering, in his suffering on our behalf in Job and then I see in his suffering how he made intercession for those who wounded him and bruised him, and thereby was exalted to the Father's right hand, how in his weakness he partook of our failings and was willing to bear them and not hold them against us and minister forgiveness. And when he ministered forgiveness, he was highly exalted. This is the story of Job, how Satan came against God by accusing God that what he said about Job wasn't true. God says he's blameless, and Job says, I'll prove he's not. And God says, you will not be able to. And you see, that is fundamentally the power of the, of the, the will and the, the, the Word of God, is that when God declares you not guilty, then who will lay a charge against you, Romans 8.32 says. So people don't always understand it. What is the basis of my innocence? God declares me not guilty because of what Jesus has done. And that is right at the root of it, and I believe this. So I want you to see here today, I will see God, okay? Look at this here in Job chapter 19, starting at verse 25. Job says, for I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, the title of this devotion, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Oh, I love this Job so much. I'm looking forward to meet him in heaven, and I will thank him. Job, thank you for your book. Thank you for the longing of your heart, which inspired me to follow this. How Job longed to see God, despite that the flesh was coming off of his bones, and he held on to God in faith. That is the kind of righteousness God's looking for. He held on to God in faith, despite that the flesh was coming off his bones, despite that his children had died, despite that his wife had turned against him, despite that his business was destroyed, despite that his family acted like they didn't know him and were ashamed of him. And he was all alone. And the three friends he had were trying to prove that the root cause of all that misery was in him. It says in the next verse 28, and Job, held on to God, and he said in the face of those three friends that were, make, were misrepresenting God and having a gospel that didn't come from God, he said to, in the face of those three friends, I will see God. I will see God. 
They looked at him, his flesh was coming off of his bones. He was so diseased. He had boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He was so deformed that you didn't recognize him, the scriptures teaches. Just like Jesus was so deformed that they had no beauty or comeliness that we should desire him, Isaiah 53, 2 says. And when he was in such a state of, of, of weakness in the flesh, he said, I will see God. Come on, take this word to heart. I will see God. I love this about Job. And then if you go with me to verse 20, uh, chapter 23, starting at verse 8, Job says, look, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. In other words, I know he's all around me, but I can't perceive him. I can't connect with him. I can't see him. I know, I know what I believe. I know in him we move and dwell and have our being, as Paul said to the Ephesians in the book of Acts. But I can't see him. I can't perceive with him. I can't connect with him. I, it, I just can't connect with him. See, that's the work of the devil. That's the work of the devil. The devil is what makes you feel God's not there. But the word of God teaches us the truth that he will never leave us or forsake us. But he knows the way that I take. And when he's tested me, I shall come forth as gold. I love what it says in one translation. After he has completed searching my heart, he himself brings me forth pure as gold. When he's tested me, I shall come forth as gold. When he's completed searching my heart, he himself brings me forth as pure as gold in his sight. My foot has held fast to his steps. I've kept his way and not turned aside. I've not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I cling to what he said in his word. I believe. You see, even though Job lived in the days of Abraham, when he didn't have what we have, the books of Moses and so forth, and he still had the word of, of God that came through Adam and others and so forth. I mean, if you think about it, that Lamech, oh, how old was he? 35 years old, I think. Lamech, the father of Noah, was 35 when Adam died. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable, really, if you study the ages and then, of course, Lamech was the father of Noah, and Noah had, had Shem, the, his oldest son, and Ham and Japhet. Shem died um, um, here it is. Shem outlived Abraham by 30 plus years, 38 years, something like that. Shem outlived Abraham. So in other words, Isaac and, 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 and will have known him. Isaac will have known him. Jacob will have known him. I would think Jacob would have been about 15 years old when, and, and Esau when, when Shem died. If you do the, the, the ages, then you can calculate these things. They're, they're in the Bible. I'm not telling you anything that's not in the Bible. And while that's not always important. My, the point is, 
the word of the Lord was carrying on through them. And Job had heard the word of the Lord. And by the hearing of the word, he believed. He believed what God said that came to him through those who went before him like Enoch and Lamech and Noah. He believed. He believed. And he held on to that faith despite that his flesh was coming off his bones. And through that faith, he had this desire, I will see God. I will see God. I will see God, the title of this devotion. And then go with me to Job chapter 42 and look at it. Verse 1. And Job answered the Lord after the Lord appeared to him in the greatness of his creation, which was before the flood, of, excuse me, before the exodus, the great way in God displayed himself to Abraham and others. That's why he was known as Almighty God. Almighty God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, you know. And, and Job answered the Lord after the Lord unveiled to him the greatness of himself in his creation. And he says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I didn't understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said... I will question you and you shall answer me. That's how God started when he appeared to him. And look what Job says. I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes and everything began to turn. (laughs) You see, Job questioned God's providence with this ignorance of which he repented. He said, Lord, I didn't understand. I did not understand your glory and greatness to the degree I see you now and the greatness and the majesty of your glory. And I repent, Lord, of ever questioning you with my ignorance, of ever questioning you. It is, it is a nature of sin to question God. Yeah, but if God is good, then why? Yet if God was truly God, then how come those things happen? That, that kind of questioning is, comes out of the nature of sin. And wow, God does not get offended with it. He just want to help you like he helped Job to come out of that kind of question about him and come to know him. Part of seeing God is knowing him. In Exodus, and, and let me just quickly show you this. In Exodus, verse 18 of chapter 33, Moses said, please show me your glory. And the Lord said to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will make my nature, my character, my person known to you is what that means, my presence. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I will be gracious as I will be merciful to whom I'm merciful. Same word. And and Paul teaches about this in Romans chapter 9. So I I have to just go on. And then it says, and the Lord, verse 5 of chapter 34, descended. No, I must show you this too. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one, no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me 
and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you, listen now, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by and I will take away my hand that you may see my back, but my face you will not see. He says, so the Lord descended and he stood there with him. And the Lord proclaimed his name, the Lord, the Lord, God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth and so forth. Now, Jesus, it says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, is the rock. And God put Moses in the rock while his glory passed by so he would not die in his presence. What kept him from dying? The life that's in the rock, Jesus. How can we ever be acceptable in the Lord's sight? How can we ever see him except in Christ? In Christ, we have been made well-pleasing to the Father. It says in, in, in Ephesians 1, verse 7 and 8, or 8 and 9, we are accepted in the Beloved according to the riches of the glory of His grace. Oh, I love that verse. We're accepted in the Beloved. It's in Christ. God has placed you in Christ by whom He now reveals Himself that you may see Him. And you know, dear friends, God wants you to come into this revelation. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, God, who commanded light to shine in the darkness, has commanded the light of His glory that we see in the face of Jesus to shine in our hearts, to give us the knowledge of Himself so that it becomes obvious to everyone that the life we bear in this earthen vessel is of the glory of God and not of ourselves. If you think about it, Israel only had a shadow and type of it when the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, that this is the way I want to put my blessing upon my people, the Lord. It's, let me read it while I'm right at it here in chapter 6. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron, the sons, and his sons saying, This is the way you will bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you rest. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. What Moses was longing for is what became the thing that everybody desired. I really want to live in this every day and I want to invite you. Begin to live in this way. I want to see God. I will see God in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my body, in my spirit. I want everybody to see God in me. I want, I am the temple of His Spirit. I want people to come to know the only true living God. That was Jesus' mission. That was his commission to unveil the Father in his body so that the Father who's invisible, whose spirit might become visible in his body, that we might know the only true living God. I'm going to talk to you about it tomorrow. Come, friends, believe. I will see God in all my heart and mind, soul and body, and others will see him in me. Begin to live for this purpose. That is what Jesus has called you to. What a joy when your children look at you and say, Mama, what is this? When I look at you, I see such love, I see such life. Daddy, 
What is this about you, this meekness, this loneliness, this gentleness in you, Dad? What is this? Why are you like this, Daddy? It's God in me, son. It's Jesus in me, my loving daughter. It's His life in me that He also gives into you for the same Spirit that's in me. Isaiah 59, 21 is also given into you. Wow, friends, this is worth living for. Amen. Have a good day.